0: This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real-world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host... Alan Taylor.
1: Well,
2: we've got a couple of fun hours of car talk type stuff coming on here. Welcome aboard, everybody. Uh, In the first half an hour, we're going to have Carl Brower from iccars.com. He's also a, a juror and board member of the North American Car Truck and SUV of the Year. You can find his stuff at Forbes Autos. He's a contributor there. And a uh, big auto industry analyst for this icycars.com company. But, you know, he used to be, he used to be, he used to could be the big guy over at Cox, over at uh, Kelly Blue Book and Auto Trader and all that. And that starts at the bottom of the hour with Brian Moody. It's old home week, Carl. So, uh, how do you like that?
3: <laughs> it's, there's no getting away from it. You know, everyone knows everyone in this industry. We've all either worked for or had someone work for us.
1: Yeah,
2: I know. Isn't that funny? I'm going to give it away a little bit. Brian wants to talk about something that Kelly Blue Book is doing called the Service Advisor. Have you heard about that yet?
3: Uh, I do remember them working on that. Yeah,
2: yeah. 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 So that's finally happening. And then he's also going to talk about some new electric concept car from Buick, even though they don't make cars anymore. They just make SUVs here in the U S that is. And speaking about here in the U S you just got back from Ingolstadt. What were you doing overseas?
3: Yeah. Uh, that is the headquarters. Uh, some of your uh, listeners may already uh, identified to Audi, ah. the uh, Audi car company. It's of course a subset of the massive Volkswagen automotive group. And they flew me over there for a sneak peek, ultra super sneak peek of their future product. So much so that they wouldn't let us you know, take our phones even into the area oh, and all geez. that, no recording devices. Oh, but man. we got a really good look at product. That so you're going to,
2: what like. you're saying is you're going to like break the embargo and tell us all about everything, huh? Go for it.
3: I've got all these details. So here we go. Sorry, Audi guys. Anyways, no, <laughs> no just, just a tease. Uh, I can't really say much of anything except, you know, There's a trend in the industry, you might say. There's kind of a shift toward a specific type of powertrain that some might have already identified. And you might be able to surmise that when I'm looking at future product for any company, that there might be a bit of that component of that new drivetrain shift and trend that we've seen as a part of these so
2: what you're saying so is that what they told you was just electrifying, but you can't talk about it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, really, really, they've got a bunch of cool steam cars coming. So ah, I just thought you should know. You know, yeah, they're, it's they're good for be the some skin New steam powered Audis coming. All right, it's be
2: exactly. cool. Well, so, but I understood <laughs> that you you also went over there and there was a lot of classic stuff you got to see. So it's we'll talk about the other stuff when you can. It's kind of neat to be able to have a, a window into the future, but. We'll wait for you. But what what cool stuff did you get to see?
3: Well, they have a, a building there called the Audi Tradition. Typical German, you know, they kind of, it's not just called the Audi Museum or the Audi Historical Center. It's the Audi Tradition. But it's a building full of all these really classic vehicles. And you know, people may not know, I have a, somewhat of a sense, but I got much better information and much better knowledge about the history of Audi there when I was looking at all these cars and hearing their kind of curator of this museum talking about it. But, you know, Audi was one of four brands in what was called the Auto Union. The reason you've got the four rings for the Audi emblem is because there used to be four right. sub-brands that were made up of the Auto Union. Audi was one. The other one was Horsch. Kind of sounds like Porsche,
2: but with Dad, H. That's a bunch uh, of Horsch. Nah, come on. Yeah, yeah. A <laughs> Horsh is a
3: horse. a Horsh, of course.
1: Yeah,
3: right. So, they had Horsh, then they had Wanderer, which I had forgotten about, that that was it, that they had one called Wanderer, and then it was DKW. Right. So those were the four brands, and Horsch was, like, the top, like, most premium one. I think DKW was the most, or maybe it was Wanderer. I I can't remember now. One of those two was kind of the sub, you know, like the most mainstream, you know, inexpensive one and then Audi was kind of the upper middle one right. and for whatever for various reasons that one survived and is still what we have today even though you still out all four rings on their emblem but you know you look through these decades of historic cars that were part of auto union and it was really amazing to see what went on you know things you recognize like the Audi Sport Quattros right, that had right, like right. the first you know those were like the first all-wheel-drive, turbocharged cars that were like setting records, winning races to the point where they had to like outlaw them from different um, racing divisions because they just were destroying everything else. Yeah. Now, now you know, we all know almost everything's all-wheel-drive and turbocharged. All right, but Audi was tight. the first to really go there.
2: Hold tight. Things that you can't talk about it, that's all you're going to get to say today about that. So there you go. That's right. <laughs> um, when we come back, can we, you, I understand you're driving the new Ford Lightning, speaking about electrified. Um, yes. Yes. An electrifying yes yes uh, we'll talk about that and get a real world view from carl about the new electric ford truck be right back it's the drive Getting a new ride is fun. Shopping online for a new car, not so much. Stop doing the same car search over and over again on multiple sites and try Autotempest.com. See all the cars with one easy search. Our powerful search engine scours all the top car shopping sites, giving you instant results so you can easily browse all the listings with one search. Whether a dream ride, a family hauler, or a work truck, let us help you find your next ride. Autotempest.com, all the cars one search well you're listening to the drive all across america thanks to our radio station affiliates for taking this show so people can hear kind of a world view a real world view of what's going on in the auto industry carl brower from iccars.com he's an executive analyst he's also the uh juror and board member of the north american car and truck of the year so they take him all over the world to show him what's going on, and then he can't talk about it, which is hilarious, because it's a talk show, Carl.
0: Jeez.
3: <laughs> well, real quick, Alan, I can tell you that there are some beautiful Audis coming, I can tell you that much. Oh, I've seen course. the styling of the next couple uh, of versions of cars, you know, really, Audi, you know, future ver- Audi versions makes, of cars
2: that we've already got today. They make beautiful machines, and they're very expensive. They That's, do. N- no question about it. <laughs> you know.
3: Um, well, everything's expensive now, but yeah, they, they are beautiful. And their history, real quick, too. On their history, there's a motorcycle. Do you know there was an Audi motorcycle, among other things? So mm, and, um, no. apparently, the, the one, the prototype that was in the museum, it stranded the head of Audi when he was out test driving it, and he was like, "No, no, we're not doing this." <laughs> <laughs>
1: down,
2: That's right? funny. <laughs> okay, so you've been driving the Ford F-150 Lightning all electric truck. What stink!
3: You know, there's really basically kind of two components, two or three components to this truck. First, it uses the same physical dimensions as all the other F-150s. What that means is all the exterior accessories you would ever think of, the, the truck bed liners and the caps and the all the exterior elements that you could add to an F 150, and you know, there's one or two of those because there's one or two F 150s they've sold in the last couple decades. So, all the F 150 like accessories that would work on a normal F 150 work on this one. That was brilliant that's by nice. Ford. Yep. But what they didn't do is they didn't just take an F 150 and stick a battery pack in it. They did basically redesign a brand new truck that's the same dimensions as the old one, oh. but for instance, there's a, frunk, a front trunk area that would have normally been the engine. Now right. it's this massive open area that has all these features inside it, power packs and stuff in there. A lot of space. Brilliant that they did that. You know, they've got the ability to send the power not only into the truck when you're charging it, but back out of the truck to say power your house for right. a couple days during a, uh, a power grid uh, outage. So that that could be very cool to use the truck to power your house if yeah. the house loses energy for a couple days right it's fast it's like a you know five second four and a half second zero to 60 vehicle because of all that instant torque that motors have so i love all the fact that it's it's a truck it's it's arguably the best version of the f-150 at least it's got the highest tow rating and it's got kind of the most widespread features and capabilities that things it can do but then there's the last element which is that it is battery powered it has to be recharged when it's not filled up in 10 minutes. It's recharged in some amount of time. And all the car companies I want to talk about, oh, we've got these great high voltage things and you can get X percent in X minutes and all. It's like, yeah, yeah. Bottom line is if you're towing a heavy load with this vehicle, it's 300 give or take mile range. Like it would be with gas is going to be cut in about half when you're using max towing. The difference is when you get half your range out of a gasoline powered truck, you pull over for 10 minutes and you refill it right and you get half the range out of any electric truck f-150 otherwise you don't pull over for 10 minutes and refill it you pull over for a much longer time to refill it <laughs> so that's the one thing that in yeah. spite of all the power all the speed i all don't the towing think capacity, i don't think they're going
2: to overcome that without changing out the whole battery you know that's yeah, or having much, much, you know, as fast as
3: these, you know, eight hundred volt things. Hyundai and Kia now have an eight, have eight hundred volt systems Holy already in their God. vehicles, and they'll want to tell you you can get eighty percent charge in twenty minutes and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, they're going to need even faster batteries, or the ability to swap them, like you just said, or you're still going to be looking at half an hour, forty five minutes minimum to get close to a full charge on a vehicle.
2: Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I believe this is a great option. Like, I haven't been traveling that much ever since COVID, you know? And so I have a big one-ton diesel, big old honking dually, you know, crew cab monster. It's a monster. It's a beast, right? You know, it's it's great when I want to tow my 40-foot, you know, fifth-wheel flatbed hotshot trailer. And I do every now and then. Every now and then. But day-to-day, if you don't travel a lot... I think personally, this is great because you can tow, you know, you go down to the rental yard and you rent a little backhoe or a tractor, you could still tow at home. We're going to talk more on the other side about this, but, but I still, I would feel I would have anxiety. I think if I didn't have my big diesel truck waiting in the background, if you know what I'm saying, we'll take a break. You're listening to the drive. Carl Brower from iccars.com is here. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit BuyBrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking.
0: Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor.
2: Yeah, I get around a little bit. I um, I have fun doing what I do in this car business, and I get to meet and uh, become friends with longtime friends with guys like Carl Brower, Brian Moody coming up next, and uh, B.J. Colleen and uh, George Kennedy the uh, Third. These folks go out across the uh, the land, you might say, even all the way to Germany, Ingolstadt, and they uh, bring the news back what's going on in the auto industry. But Carl, right now. Uh, with iccars.com, you can check that out see where he works, iccars.com, he's an executive analyst, is driving the new Ford F-150 Lightning, and we're talking about, you know, first of all, Carl, I like it, I really do like the vehicle, I think it's great, I would buy one i really would buy one i would keep my big diesel you know gmc in the background for when i do need to go out on the highway and go you know to idaho to pick up a load of hay or something god forbid but uh because that's it's it's getting harder to find hay these days i don't know if anyway that's another story (laughs) but i will tell you that i don't think i'll ever get one because i'm 62 years old and i'll bet the waiting list is 30 years right now because it's ridiculous
3: well, it close. I don't know what you want, Alan. The supply chain issue is really out of control here. And, and I'm scared almost a little bit now because I don't know when it's going to get fixed. But, you know, we've got various automotive brands right now that are, we're halfway through 2022, don't forget. Right. And we've got, you know, Tesla's off 47% so far this year. Honda, American Honda's off 40%. Nissan uh, the Group is off 34 and BW Group's off 29%. These are huge. I mean, can you imagine... You've got a business. Someone says, "Okay, next year we're going to sell 40 percent fewer vehicles. You know, 30 to 40 percent fewer vehicles, almost 50 percent in Tesla's case. That's not sustainable. And this supply chain issue—it's causing a lack of new vehicle production. And some cars, it's worse than others. Of course, ironically, we're talking about the F-150, and and whether you love it or hate it, it takes even more microchips and more nickel and more palladium and more of these rare earth metals." come from various areas many of them involved in a world conflict right now to build electric cars and i just saw a report that the backlog list on the gmc hummer truck it's kind of gm's version of the f-150 lightning when you think about it if you were on the bottom end of that wait list at the rate they're being produced versus how long the wait list is the last few people on that list Seventeen years, Alan. It would take oh! seventeen years at the current rate to get their vehicles. <laughs> oh now, God. I'm not thinking it's gonna. I'm not thinking anyone's waiting seventeen years. So right. something's gonna give. Either they're gonna fix the supply chain issue and produce these things at a faster rate because they're just barely spitting them out at a small little you know, right. little dribble Less right spatter, now. Right. Or people are gonna stop waiting and they're gonna start going back to internal combustion cars engines, which you know are still on a wait list too. But but it's even worse for electrics and they're more expensive. The electrics are more expensive too. So I honestly, Alan, I feel like there's been kind of this moment in time where it was like gas got expensive. Some, some are arguing it was engineered making gas more expensive, but we don't want to be that person and say that's gone on because government be, would never do that, make, if, all our, if, make all our prices go up just for their own, their. Means.
2: Yeah, if I ordered a Hummer right now, I'd be 79 years old for it.
3: <laughs> yeah. But 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 that's well that's the thing, uh, Allison, the like current. gas expensive. Yes. It's time for electric cars to shine. Oops. <laughs> yeah. They're taking forever to produce and they're way more expensive. They keep raising the prices because the price of everything it takes to build them got more expensive. So oh, they have to God. raise the prices to stay yeah. profitable. So, you know, this idea that we're gonna be saved, you know, the, the solution to all our problems is the E V. So far that's not quite worked out for
1: us.
2: Yeah. Well I and you know what, I ordered a uh, diesel gladiator and it took about six months to get it. They told me it was going to take six months. Took six months to get it. My nephew, after I got mine, he's like, hey, I want one of those. 29 miles to the gallon sounds pretty good, right? 22 miles to the gallon driving around town like Alan Taylor. You know, that's good. Okay, in a truck. Yeah. But they told him it would take eight months to get. I mean, if, if you told me five years ago that people would be willing to wait eight months or 17 years in the Dummer's case, <laughs> I, I would have said, yes, no, no way. Why would anybody wait eight months to get anything? But at this point, the market is so messed up. I know you wanted to talk about the floundering car market. Give us a little bit on that.
3: Yeah. I mean, we just have huge supply chain issues and I keep hearing stories. I was at a car event last night. It was kind of an impromptu car show, car event I went to. And the guy there was telling me that he just got a Hellcat, and he wanted a red-eye. And it was supposed to have arrived in June. Then they met, stretched it back to August, and then it was getting delayed again. And then they had a non-red-eye, non-red just, just plain old, boring old, regular Hellcat, which only, quote-unquote, <laughs> 717 horsepower, right, boring. Yeah. sitting on the lot. And he said, I'll take it. So, you know, a lot of people are, are compromising on what they could go buy because right. they, 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 don't, they can't wait six, eight months or 17 years in the case of the Hummer right now.
2: <laughs> I think it's sad. It really is sad, but it's the state of the world we're living in right now. Everybody's They're, they're throwing these fear tactics out right now about, you know, uh, you're not going to be able to get diesel oil for trucks. I called shell and I go, what's going on? Diesel oil for truck. And the guy goes, yeah, no, no, no. He goes, you know, maybe in Canada, you know, but, but not the U S anyway, there's so much conspiracy theory going on. And the biggest problem, Carl, as you know, is a lot of these conspiracy theories are coming true. So we don't know what to think <laughs> these days. You know, it's like, oh, I my just, God. I, I saw a great quote on Twitter
3: the other day. They said the difference between a conspiracy theory and reality is about six months.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, Carl, listen, thank you very much. I know you'll, at some point, you will say, hey, I can talk about those Audis they were showing us in Ingolstadt. But, uh, you know, the problem is, no matter how awesome they are, who's going to wait to get one right now? So I think we... Uh, that, that's it, Alan. Yeah. It. Yeah, we just talk about what's out on the market. Thanks for the update on the Lightning. It sounds like an awesome machine, but yes. anyway. ICCars.com is where you can find Carl. ICCars.com. Coming up next is Brian Moody from Auto Trader. Stay with us
0: welcome back to the drive now here's your host alan taylor
2: well my friend brian moody is on the line now he's the executive editor at autotrader.com check out www.autotrader.com to uh, find out uh, lots about cars, trucks, and SUVs, and financing, and uh, a little bit of everything. And, of course, you can buy and sell your car, or a new car there as well. Uh, Brian, I see here on the... all uh, part of the fun. Yeah, that's right. On the crib notes here that you're going to talk about a couple of things. First of all, uh, Buick and... Buick is an interesting car company. I didn't think it was going to last as long as it has. I remember when, what was it, Mercury left and Oldsmobile Mm -hmm. because of old Mm -hmm. people. But now as I become an old person, (laughs) Buick is one that is still kind of hanging on. And uh, you're saying something to the effect of that they've shown a new electric concept car. But then, of course, Brian said to me before we started, Buick's not making cars anymore. They only make SUVs now. But they're going to show an electric concept. Crazy. Car. I know, right? So when asked, you know, well, why would you want to show
5: this concept? I think it's called the Wildcat. That's the – remember that? It came from back in the day. Oh, The yeah. Wildcat is an electric car concept. When asked, we don't really make cars right now, and SUVs are clearly the best sellers. But in order to best showcase the, you know, the lines and everything – so the way I interpreted it was the best-looking type of car you can get is this coupe that we made. But there's all this other ugly stuff that's more utilitarian, and that's what we make. So, oh, nice. I don't know. Little known fact, my first car was a Buick. No It way. was a 1964 Buick Skylark, and it was already old, so don't start with the <laughs> how old are you joke. Right, yeah. It was already very old.
1: Yeah. That's it funny. wasn't
5: cool in high school to have a 64 Buick Skylark because everybody else had Mustangs and Camaros, all the rich kids. Right. Um, I had a Chevelle. So with that in mind, I have a soft spot for Buick. I think they do have some pretty nice stuff. The Avenir trim, for example, that's kind of the upscale version of their SUVs. So the Wildcat is the concept that they're showing okay. it's an all electric, electric car. And it looks pretty cool. It has sort of a Jetson type of vibe to it. It supposedly will have a 300-mile range. It will use General Motors' Ultium battery platform, and that's similar to what they've been using for the Hummer EV. So flexible, you know, different sizes. The Cadillac Lyric uses GM's Ultium platform as well. So I don't know. I'm interested to see what would happen in a world that has an all-electric Buick.
2: Well, it's kind of funny because, like you said, they're only making SUVs right now. And so, is this a sign that they're going to. In America. In America, right. Is this. That's all I care about, is you know. But anyway, is this a sign that they're going to (laughs) build more cars again with this electric car? Or is it just that it is a concept vehicle, keyword vehicle? And maybe it was easier to take a Cadillac platform, a Cadillac car. There was electric, Lyric, or whatever their, you know, platform is. You talked about the Ultium platform and just, mm-hmm. you know, make the sheet metal on it. Who knows? Who knows? But it just, it's still, what about it's, this? it's tipping its what hat towards
5: this? electric. What if it's something yeah. like the Hyundai Ionic 5, where it's like, okay, that's kind of an SUV crossover, but it's also kind of looks like a cool 80s hatchback. Maybe it's a combination of the two.
2: Oh, there you go. There you go. Buick, I think we talked about this probably five years ago. The reason why Buick is probably still alive is because they sell a lot of these vehicles in China. Buick is like, Mm -hmm. you know, the mark of excellence in China, which is so funny.
5: That's considered a status symbol in China. Right. One of the reasons, you know, this little story about why they're so popular
1: Hmm.
5: is that at one time, at least this is what I was told, at one time the ruling party in China made a rule that citizens could not have a car with an engine that displaced more than four liters. So in order to get a car with an engine that big, you had to be like a party official, right? You had to be a big shot, a big deal, a politician. Yeah. Note to America, see where this is heading. Yeah. So this is what Buick did. Buick came out with a car with a 3.9 liter engine. And boy, the public in China just loved that. And they're like, (laughs) yeah, we're in. We're in with Buick. They also like the fact that it's American. And they make interesting cars overseas as well. So it's not only SUVs. For the world, but just for the U.S., SUVs are what's ruling right now, and that's what they make, and, you know, the ones they make are pretty nice.
2: Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's so weird to watch this whole thing with the electric car company, and I know General Motors is very bullish on electric cars right now. Ford Motor Company has had its its hiccups, but now, as you know, they're— they're um, talking about uh, servicing all the Tesla vehicles in their service departments because that's one of the big things that Tesla mm-hmm. doesn't have—is place to take your car in. That'd and be get smart. The oil change. Oh, that's right. They don't have oil. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. But you know, the, the F-150
5: is a brilliant car. So obviously, someone over at Ford is definitely paying attention.
2: Well, I think you know, there. You know, there's, there was a time in my life where I thought the industry was going to go one way. And so I went that way and it didn't go that way. And so then I ended up, you know, having to take a a pretty good hit. I wonder if we're in that time right now with these electric cars where everybody's really just putting the pedal to the metal to build electric cars. But will the industry, you know, over the next say 10 years, will it go that way or will we have hydrogen-powered vehicles that are going to just burst into the scene and kind of take over? Or diesel hybrids, you know, to where you you get really good fuel economy and you have both, you know, the electric and uh, diesel power to get yourself around. Because, like, I just bought this Jeep Gladiator with a diesel in it, 29 miles mm-hmm. to the gallon. Mm-hmm. 29 miles to the gallon. It's like, I love that. Right. My other one only got, like, 15 so, I mean, if I'm crafty on where I buy my fuel, I don't have to pay a ton more. If you're like right on the freeway, you're going to pay a pile more. But you can still find to where premium gas and diesel fuel are about the same price. And I always try and run premium in my mm-hmm. vehicles anyway. So I don't know. I, I'm still very, I like diesel vehicles. I really do. And I think I'll that, tell you where I would put my money.
5: Yes. This is where I would invest money Only in here. the coming years. I would do something like this. You know how big stores, big brands, they have to have a margin, a certain, right. a certain profit margin in order to stay, keep going, right? Right. Well, that's much different for an individual person or a small business. I would be investing in maybe a small chain or a regional chain of service facilities that specialize in servicing gasoline-powered cars, because at some point, the bigger places are going to be like, yeah, it's not worth
2: it to us. Wow. Interesting. Hmm. All right, I thought you. Were, I thought you were going to go the other way, saying servicing electric cars, because <laughs> they still have brakes and need they don't some need special. Upgrades. That's true, but they need specialty stuff done. Interesting thought. Well, we'll keep talking about it. Uh, when we come back. We're going to talk about service and uh, the parent company, Cox uh, owns also Kelly Blue Book, KBB. They've now got something called the Service Advisor. Stay with us. We'll talk about that on the other side. Brian Moody from Auto Trader joining us. Be right back. Discover the 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. Plus, a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com slash Wilderness. Oh, if your car's making that kind of a noise, let me do that again. Hold on. Here it is again. Yeah, if it starts making that kind of noise, you probably need to take it in and get it serviced. And KBB, kbb KBB.com, Kelly Blue Book, uh, they have now something called the Service Advisor. And uh, Brian Moody works for the parent company. He also works for Auto Trader, but he's going to talk about it. He's the executive editor of AutoTrader.com. KBB, they're good at certain things, and this is going to be one of them. Service Advisor, tell us about it, Brian.
5: Yeah, so this is a page that you can go to if you go to kbb.com service dash repair dash guide. It's a page where you can figure out what service your car might need. You put in your vehicle information. There's a little button that says common repairs, and then it has a little list. So like for a Toyota Corolla, for example, a, some common repairs are wheel alignment, oil change, engine air filter, brakes, that kind of stuff. And then there's a little thing on the side. You know how you go to restaurants on Yelp and it will say how many dollar signs? You know, like $1 sign. Right. I eat at the places that have $1 sign. You eat at the places that have like $5 signs. That's the difference between <laughs> me and you. Because I just go for the $1 That's
2: the tip. What are you getting?
5: <laughs> so it has that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It has that. And like how much should this cost? So, to replace a battery has uh, $2 signs. To replace a fuel pump has $4 signs. So, it will do that. It It will also tell you your service intervals. So, you know, 30, 60, 90, what should be done at those service intervals. And it will tell you how much that should cost. So, Kelly Blue Book, you know how they value cars. They tell you how much is your car worth. Where they're doing the same thing with how much should the service cost. Mm, And then you can pick from some service facilities, near you and you can use all of that and put in whatever car you want save your car if you want and then this is the one i like this little feature it has pictograms little pictures of warning lights so if there's a you know a car between two lanes what does that mean if it comes on if there's a car with squiggly lines behind it what does that mean you know you can look on this little diagram and see like well what's probably wrong with your car based on the warning light and then you'll know more when you go in
2: right Pictogram. There's a word I haven't heard for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Ooh. I was going to try to use contraption too, but I couldn't couldn't work it in. You know what's funny is what about when all the lights are on? Does there anything to talk about that? Because I've got a vehicle oh, that uh, all the lights are always on. That's where the rats chew through a, the wiring. A,
5: <laughs> I know what that is. That's a Peugeot 404. Oh yeah, there you go. Or
2: or an older Volvo. <laughs> oh my gosh. I used to do a show many, many years ago, like 30 years ago. And it was this show, but it was called Auto Talk. And we actually took calls from people when there was a time when people were actually working on their own cars still. Today's yeah. cars are so complicated, you kind of have to be a rocket scientist to be able to do it. But um, there was one car I remember, my uh, my, my mechanic friend of mine, David Shortreed, he says to the guy, he says, what year is it? And he says, you know, it's a Volvo. It's a 244 DL, like 1982, and he goes 82. He goes, "Well, those really had a weird thing." He goes, "Do me a favor." He goes, "Take off the distributor cap and there's a little wire in there and that little wire sometimes the little screw vibrates loose. Just tighten that down. See if that doesn't fix the problem." Oh my gosh, who knows this weird stuff, right? But mechanics <laughs> do, yeah. Sure enough, the guy calls back in the same show. He goes, "That fixed it. It was it uh, was exactly what it was." Anyway, but today it's not like that. You know it's you you plug it into the computer yeah. and the computer tells you you know what's been going on i don't know which one is better if you want to know the truth, honestly
5: well okay, so I used to fix I used to be able to fix my own car, and I didn't do it necessarily for the fun of it, although I did enjoy it, I did it because that, that was what I could afford to do was to buy the part and put it on myself right and so I can fix cars, but I can get right up to about nineteen ninety two and after that <laughs> Uh, I think it's more specialized, yeah. you know, like if it's before 1992, I can probably do it. Yeah. But if it's after 1992, I don't really think I should be messing with it. That's something that we leave to the professionals.
1: Well,
2: yes, yes. and And I remember one time I actually punched the guy's computer screen because it lied. I said, that's a lie.
1: I I already replaced that. It's a liar.
2: I punched it right in the screen. Anyway, the computer's a liar. (laughs) The computer, I replaced that part. I'm telling you, things lying. The worst part is, have you ever bought a brand new part that was not good? You know? Yeah. And it happens, but it's like, so you replaced it. So, okay, we, we eliminate that because I replaced that. And of course we change six other things around it. And it then points back to that. And then, of but course, here's
5: why the computer is better. Because of what you just said, if you, you hook it up to the computer, right. it would have told you immediately that the part you just put on was still bad. <laughs> That's right. So yes, I have a feeling. You have, have feeling. to put six other parts on to figure yeah, it out.
2: Well, and also we all become, you know, internet uh, doctors now and internet mechanics. But the one thing is, you know, YouTube sure makes it easier to show you how to fix things and change things and how many people like this whole thing with uh, KBB.com service advisor. I think it's really smart because it will show you um, the data that is collected of stuff that is most likely to break down and things that have been fixed most likely often. And so, yeah, good
5: stuff. And you could even put a car in if you wanted to buy a used car. You could go there and put the car in and say, like, what are the most common services on this car? And oh. there's three pages worth of that stuff. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah, so if smart. the most common thing is, right. like, warped brake rotors or, you know, check engine light, yep. eh, maybe that's something. But but like we said, the Corolla, the m- most common things. It, typical most cars are going to be like this. Oil change, tire right. rotation, cabin air filter wheel alignment, brake pads, all that kind of stuff.
2: Service Advisor. Go to kbb.com. I imagine if you just poked in Service Advisor, it would take you right to it. We'll take a little break. We're going to talk about some of the things people don't want to talk about next. Shopping for cars online is slow. Checking all those different sites one by one. Auto Tempest doesn't like slow. That's why we sponsor NASCAR driver Chris Busher in the number 17 Ford Mustang. It's also why we created a powerful search engine that will scour all the top car shopping sites, letting you search used car listings from across the Internet in one search. Why waste time searching each site separately? Use AutoTempest instead. Find all the cars. AutoTempest.com. All the cars. One search.
0: Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor.
2: Our show is brought to you in part by Subaru Love. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. And their other slogan is, go where love takes you. That's a good one, too. Brian Moody joining us. Brian and I are buddies. We talk about stuff off air. And then I go, hey, we should talk about that on the air. So I said, (laughs) my, my Jeep Wrangler gets 29 miles to the gallon. Now, My Jeep Wrangler, it's a uh, Rubicon, so it's the pickup truck. And I got a a, uh, Rubicon Gladiator. Rubicon Gladiator. So the Rubicon has got bigger wheels and tires. And my sister bought the same vehicle. And I think she got like a Sport or something. So it has a little smaller tires on it. But she says to me, you know, if I drive the speed limit, I can get 31 miles to the gallon. I'm like, oh my gosh, 31 miles to the gallon. I have a pickup truck that'll tow, you know, mine mine because it is the diesel tows 6,500 pounds. The gasoline will actually tow 7,000 pounds. Brian, and I figured out why. I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? This thing's got like 450 pound feet of torque. It's a diesel. It should tow more than a gas engine. Well, it is because... It has a... You He's know, driving the speed limit. <laughs> well, no. it's it's The reason why it can't tow as much is because it gets hot. It's got an intercooler, oh. and it's turbocharged. And so they basically make it to where you will not destroy your engine overheating it or anything. So easily, mm. easily it tows 6,500. I mean, it's like a walk in the park. It sings while it's towing 6,500 pounds. I had the gasoline version, and I towed sixty five hundred pounds, and it wasn't as easy. I will say because it doesn't. have What were you door. towing?
5: Give I towed. I have I
2: tow uh, what weighs sixty five hundred pounds. I have a twenty four foot equipment trailer with a twenty five oh one Kubota with a front end loader and a, a, oh, br- a brush hog. Done. Yeah, I think it weighed a little more like seventy five hundred pounds, but I'm not going to say that on air. Point is, it tows it easily. But because the diesel has more torque, it seems to tow it a little a little nicer, a little easier. Yeah. yeah. But you said something, and I just wanted to brush up against that, and it's a little bit to un-PC. You know, 29 miles to the gallon is fantastic. It's fantastic.
1: It is.
5: It is, especially for that kind of a vehicle.
2: Yeah. You made a comment, though. Do you want to say it on air?
5: Yeah. So 10, 15, 20 years ago, if you told people hey, there's going to be this truck that can tow 6,500 pounds easily, uh, goes off-road like crazy, it's big, it's powerful, it's, you know, it's all these things, and it's going to get 29 miles to the gallon, nobody would have believed you. I know. Because remember, one of the problems is, one of the reasons why we're seeing more interest in electric cars is because they supposedly pollute less. Well, they pollute less at the source. Right. So on an electric car, there's no tailpipe emissions. Right. Now, where there's emissions is wherever the electricity is generated. And that's going to vary widely from place to place. But the point is you burn less gas. There's fewer emissions. Just listen to this just as a quick rundown for 2022. These are the kinds of cars that you can get with the fuel economy. Hyundai Ioniq, 59 miles per gallon. Toyota Prius, 56 miles per gallon. Hyundai Elantra Hybrid, 54 miles per gallon. Toyota Corolla Hybrid, 52, on and on and on like this. 40, 50, close to 60 miles per gallon today is easy to get. The average middle-class family could probably go afford a Hyundai Ioniq or a Toyota Prius And it's amazing. But here's one statistic from the California Air Resources Board that I think is worth bringing up. In 1967, there were 186 smog alerts everyone agrees that's bad it makes it hard to breathe i lived in southern california in 1967 i was a baby but whatever and i remember certain days it would be hard to breathe okay 186 smog alerts in los angeles in 1967 by 2019 how many smog alerts do you think they had within a year probably half zero wow zero smog alerts in 2019 and a 90% reduction in black carbon since 1967. How did we get there? With electric cars? (laughs) <laughs> right. Not
2: in no. 2019. <laughs> That's exactly right. We got right. there
5: because the gas is cleaner, That's right. because emission controls are better, yep. and because fuel economy is steadily improving. And fuel economy is going to keep improving as more and more hybrids and plug-in hybrids. It just seems like a thing that no one is really saying, hey, here's this other option. It's not all or nothing. Right. You know, uh, a combination of how our cars are, are powered is probably a good thing. Just like when you invest, you know how your investment advisor always says, hey, Alan, all your eggs in one basket <laughs> right they don't Wait, say
2: that very no, often They do not right? say that at all that's exactly right you know what let people choose that's all there is to it like you said the cars are burning cleaner they're safer uh, everything about the they're automobile is, of it. Yeah, is better and uh, they're just using too many scare tactics I think lately Brian Moody thank you very much sir you're a, you're a gentleman yep. thank you appreciate it uh, autotrader.com you can find a lot of this information there go check it out kbb.com for a service advisor I'm Alan Taylor. We've got another hour to go. Stay with us. Shopping cars online is a hassle, or is it? You probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when AutoTempest.com gives you everything? AutoTempest.com. All the cars, one search.
0: This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor.
2: Well, how you doing, everybody? Welcome back to Hour 2. Uh, BJ Colleen is now joining us, a voice of reason, automotive journalist, and my pal. How you doing, BJ?
6: I'm doing great, Mr. Alan. How are you?
2: I have a story. I have a story. I've, I've been holding this one out <laughs> for you.
6: Okay, let's hear
2: it. So, I had a 79 Chevy round headlight. Last year of the round headlights on the little 79 Chevy square body. Short bed, half ton short bed with a factory 454, right? Which is really bizarre. Big, giant Indian. Right. And I spent 12 years of my life, if you do the math, that is many thousand days, 12 years working on this thing slowly, but surely getting all the new pieces of trim and getting all the, you know, the body and the paint done. And I bought it from an old guy. It had uh, a rod knocking and I bought it for 1500 bucks. So it was, you know, it was, it's like Good really, deal. yeah, clean old truck with a little knock, 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 knock. But I thought, you know, it's a Silverado fully loaded power windows, tilt cruise, air conditioning on a 79 Short bed, pickup truck. Really nice condition. Original paint job. Blue and white. Blue jeans, blue and white. I love that color. So all these years, I fix it up. I finally get it painted. My best friend paints it, and he does a beautiful job. And then we start putting it all together, and then I get the engine rebuilt, and (sighs) put the engine in, and then I take it to a shop, and I say, all I want you to do is I want you guys... To get it running, just do me a favor. Do what it takes to get it running. Brand new rebuilt engine. I put it in there. It's all hooked up. All you got to do is just get it running. So, what do they do? They go ahead and turn the key on and start it up. Hit, it runs. All right. They didn't bother putting oil in it, but it started right up. <laughs> so, they call me up and they go, We got a problem. I go, What's the problem? And they said, Well, Your engine, man, it started smoking, and then it started knocking, and then, boom, it it seized. And I went, what do you mean? What the heck? And he goes, I guess there was no oil in it. I go, so you're telling me that after the fact that you didn't bother checking to see if there's oil in it? I told you, it was a brand new engine. Just got it rebuilt. Anyway, long story short, he rebuilt the engine because he knew it was stupid, right? Who doesn't check the oil on a brand new engine? Anyway, so... Now the engine is rebuilt second time. All right, it runs. I pick it up. And then, you know, a couple more years go by.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: Right? All these years. And I finally, I get I'm I get sick of looking at it. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I'm getting a Dodge Demon. This is 2018. The only thing I have to do the down payment is a stupid truck that I've been pouring my life into that the guy, it's like, I don't know, it's like Frankenstein now because he blew up the engine to me. So. Anyway, I had a guy that wanted to buy it. I sold it. I sold it, and I was like, good riddance to bad rubbish. It's over with. It's done. What do you think? I bought it back here a couple, about a month or so ago. <laughs> what
6: did you pay for it?
2: Well, I bought it back for a little bit more than I paid for it, than I sold it for, by, by double. But he had pulled the engine out. This is a good story. I'm almost done with it. He pulled the engine out, and he put a brand new crate engine that he paid $12,000 for. And he put, are you ready for this? He put a six-speed transmission in it. Why did he put a six-speed manual transmission? Why, I ask you? Anyway, I bought it back for, he lost a lot of money, put it this way. It's got, you know, billet parts all over the front. It's got the new style air conditioning and the big high-flow radiator aluminum. Anyway, so this morning I wake up. You ready for this? This morning I wake up and I'm noodling through social media. And I see a 454. And I go, I think I recognize those valve covers. And I send the guy a note. I go, hey. I go, what can you tell me about this engine? He wants 900 bucks for it. I thought, that's a good deal, 454. He said, ran when it was pulled out. So I said, uh, I'll give you 800 He goes, let me think about it. I go, don't think too long. I've got cash.
1: Anyway. <laughs> uh-huh. He
2: says, all right, I'll take it. I go, where do you work? He tells me where he works. I said, I think that's my old engine out of this truck. He responds, haha. yes, it is. Small world. So I'm putting that damn engine back in that truck again, CPJ. I'm going to go one more time and see if I can get rid of this damn thing. And I'm keeping that fancy $12,000 engine for my next project. That's right. That's right. And I'm going to get rid of that six-speed manual transmission. And I'm putting the automatic back in. People do this because we're car crazy. That's why we'll be right
1: back. And after he's been hooked, I'll play the
4: one that's on his heart. oh, oh. oh.
2: Well, you're listening to a car crazy, crazy maniac, Alan Taylor. I know. It's just weird. We, we do these weird things. BJ Colleen is here. Uh, been involved in many builds like this, being that uh, she was involved with the build book. And I remember one build book you guys did where a car caught on fire and burned to the ground and they rebuilt that sucker. I read. Yep. Yeah, don- why do we do yeah. this? Why? Glutton for punishment.
6: Big red. That's right. The red, the Camaro. That's yep, because right. it was an iconic record setting car. That's yeah. why you do it. Because well, you can.
2: Mine is a record setting car also for having engines change back and forth for no reason. <laughs> record you and know, stupidity. we call
6: those cars street freaks. You know yeah, that, right? I know.
2: <laughs> anyway, so what are you going to talk about after my crazy story?
6: Well, let's wrap up Barrett Jackson because okay. you know talk about doing crazy things and yep. spending crazy money. And Barrett Jackson was here at uh, the Convention Center, the New West Hall, big In show, Las Vegas. Yeah, uh, lots of cars. They had uh, over six hundred and sixty vehicles that sold with no reserve. Um, sold for over forty eight million dollars. So Ooh. they made some good money there and sold almost three hundred pieces of automobilia. You know, it's funny, people think Barrett Jackson's just cars, but there's a ton of automobilia there. Like, you know, old gas pumps and neon signs oh, and yeah. it's just mind-boggling how much they yeah. have when
2: though. i was there last time i spent 350 dollars before i even started and my <laughs> wife my wife immediately because the card goes bing you know and it shows up on her text that i had just spent this much money she's like what are you buying i go i bought a, a shell sign that says you know like an arrow this is shell gas over here and i bought a oil lamp she goes what are you doing i'm like come on let's get
6: i gotta do this i gotta do it i can't help myself
2: it's like a drug <laughs> addict you know
6: Yeah, that's exactly what buying cars is like. It's like addiction to drugs. It's just very expensive, high end drugs. No doubt about (laughs) it. So, they had a lot of vehicles that are really cool. Sold my favorite car. I've wanted one of these forever, and the price that this went through, I'm not getting it. A 1970 Plymouth Hemi Superbird, you know, the high wing Superbirds. Yeah. And this one sold for $1.65 million. Woo-woo! Can you believe that? Absolutely Man. crazy. And it's funny, so, those uh,
2: things were not popular when they came out. They sat on the car lots and nobody wanted them because of that ridiculous wing.
6: Yep. And here and we now go. Now everybody wants That's them. That's right. So it, That's it's funny. just crazy. They had a. Uh, 63 Corvette split window again one of my favorites with the Z06 that went for five sixty six five hundred two six thousand a couple Hemi Cudas went for a little over five hundred thousand each a seventy and a seventy one wow Dodge Hemi Challenger three hundred seventy nine and a Ford Mustang the Eleanor tribute car went for three hundred thirty thousand dollars so tribute car you know Vegas had had a lot of money they uh, so that was all the non charity ones. They For charity, we talked about last time the Cadillac Escalade V, the first production V car that's got all that horsepower and right. torque. And that raised 525000 for the Pensoli Lewis College of Business and Design. Wow. And then there was a 2022 Jeep Wrangler Unlimited Rubicon 392, Woo. and that went for 125000 And all that money benefited the Ronald McDonald uh, Charities of Detroit, and, and that's, that's not, actually a really that, good charity. That's
2: not even that much money for that thing.
6: No, it's not. Because they cost about
2: 90000 bucks anyway, you know, know. And with the so premium on it's things. a good price. You called me but, when you were there, and thank you for posting on The Drive with Alan Taylor social media. I appreciate absolutely. that. And you said some of the Dodge, the newer Dodge products, like, the, was there any Demons there? Or anything weren't bringing as much money? What happened there? Uh,
6: the Demons were bringing in like sixty to 70000 no. You know, And I...
2: I'm buying you, another what'd one. What'd
6: you pay for your some ridiculous amount Dude, of money? too, no, right?
2: I, I paid so, like eighty-five thousand. Sold it for one hundred and twenty-six.
6: Yeah, well, you weren't going to get that months. this year. The prices came down. There was wow. uh, it was just crazy. Wow. Uh, there was a, a lot of them at the auction. You know, obviously a lot of Dodge products, a lot of Mustangs were there. Some cooler cars I posted on the website that people saw, but yeah. even those crazy Toyota pickups from the '80s were going for forty, fifty thousand. But the Bentleys. That's what I called you about the Bentley. You know they were going, that sell for two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand. Right, right. They were going for forty, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars. Ooh, that's where so, all,
2: you know the old it, saying, "A fool and his money are soon parted." It? No, I don't personally.
6: But, well, some people do because it's you know you get a Bentley GT console, yeah, but for wait 40 a minute. grand is great.
2: Yeah, until what? you got to go in and buy a a, a, a a anything for it. You know, I was going to say a window switch. You know, I have that 500 SL AMG back shocks. You ready? I spent $3,200 for the back. Two back shocks because they're air shocks. Yep. Yeah. See? Yep. Uh, all right. We'll take a break. Come back with more BJ Colleen. Little sister, don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back.
1: Well, I dated your big sister and I took her to a show.
0: Stay Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor, on the road ahead.
2: Discover the 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability plus a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at subaru.com/wilderness.
0: This is the Live with Alan Taylor,
2: talking to my buddy B.J. Colleen about what's been going on at Barrett Jackson. She gave me the very interesting news that the Dodge Demons. There was a couple Dodge Demons at Barrett Jackson. Did not bring big money, no reserve. That means that they sold. So somebody that yep. was hoping for 150 grand only got what you said, 60 or 70 grand. Yikes! Um, but yep. The good news is, I'm going to say that is the most bodacious automobile I've ever owned out of the thousands of cars that I've owned. Because I was a car dealer for 15 years or so, I owned thousands of cars. And I, I had a little used car lot, and I would buy things that I loved. And I would buy things that were weird. And I would buy, you know, airplanes and um, boats and, I, you know, anything that was mechanized, I would buy. And so I felt like these were all personal cars to me. And I think people wanted them that much more because
6: I was in love with every one of them
2: anyway. So that's pretty interesting news BJ.
6: Well, that's why you buy it because you love the car. That's That's the whole point.
2: That's it. So that's it.
6: All right. Switching gears. The government's coming after you, Alan. Oh, of course,
2: of course. That's why I live in Oregon. What do you think? I'm going to have to move again. That's okay.
6: They're (laughs) still coming after you. The the head of uh, NHTSA, the national highway traffic safety administration, said that the agency is planning a new push to convince Americans to stop speeding. Uh-huh. Because unfortunately, traffic deaths have gone up as safe as vehicles are even though we're getting safer, traffic deaths have are jumped almost 18%. Yeah, but can I um, ask
2: are we adding in all the parades where people are getting run over by lunatics? Are those considered part of the I traffic that, because yeah. that is probably yeah. the
6: leading factor lately? <laughs> So. Yeah, it might be, but this this is just speeding related. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing. They're going to keep this push and kicking off. Uh, you know, people come on, it's okay. negative, right. and it's bad no. driving. All but right. But it's here, been going on for
2: years. It has been, no question. But I got to tell you, Alan Taylor is not without being able to learn. Typically, like all people, when the price of gas goes up, I don't drive as hard as I used to because – it costs a lot of money to fill a tank of a, a vehicle, right? So what did I do? Yeah, I went out and I bought a diesel Jeep Gladiator Rubicon. And I got to tell you, it's got a little gauge on there. And when you're taking away from a light, you get like three miles to the gallon. I'm like, oh, oh, geez. And I just, I'm like an old woman now. I I drive like an old woman, but I get 29 miles to the gallon on the highway and 22 around town with this thing. I am so happy. I don't care. I guess I've gone past that stage when gas was cheap, pedal to the metal. Gas is expensive. Drive like an old woman. So I've
6: learned. You've gotten old. Yeah,
2: I guess you, I have. you are falling apart. I wear head. I wear old women's underwear, and they're very, very comfortable.
6: Okay, don't need to hear that at all. <laughs> don't need to hear that. I'm you kidding. know what's funny about this whole speeding thing? I, I like to listen to a channel on XM called Radio Classics, yep. and they play shows from the 30s, 40s, and 50s, and they play the old commercials, too. And one of the commercials they play over and over again is probably from the 1950s, talking about, Jim is a terrible driver. He needs to be speeding everywhere. Please don't speed. You know, I mean, it's just this has been a problem since cars were invented. Of course. So I don't know why the government thinks now that all of a sudden people are going to stop speeding just because they tell them to stop speeding. Well, that it does not happen. look at
2: the owners of the car manufacturers that started the entire thing. You know, like Henry Ford and you know, Ferrari and all, all these guys were all racers. They all were racers at heart because as soon as you yep. make something that's mechanized and somebody else makes it, it's like, Oh, well, let's see who's as fastest. That's just, <laughs> that's just normal.
6: And that's you're weird. making cars with more and more horsepower. I'm frankly, and I've said this before, I'm stunned that the insurance agencies haven't cracked down on it. You know, you got an SUV like the Escalade V that's got what 600 and something horsepower. And, and you're, the Hellcat had 700 horsepower. And yeah. what are you going to tell people? Yeah, buy a car with 700 horsepower and go the speed limit. Yeah. Well, it, it, that's not going to happen.
2: Even the know? new Hummers got like, what, 1,000 horsepower or something, electric, right?
6: Yeah. So, yeah. and the then. Lucid did, engine did, does? I, or motor, I should say. Yeah,
2: motor, right. Did you hear yeah. that some hackers hacked a plaid Tesla to where it would not be speed limited anymore? Did you hear about this? No. Yeah, they mean? got it to do two hundred and sixteen miles an hour. It's <laughs> nice. just a sedan, you know? But yeah, in th- one charge. Yeah, exactly. In one charge. Not for very long, of course. Takes a lot of juice. Yeah. But I don't know. I talked with uh Carl Brower in the first hour about the um F one fifty lightning. And I have yet to find anybody, any of us car crazy people that don't love that thing. But no matter well. what It still at some point is going to, you're always going to have a little bit of anxiety for the, the, unless you're a municipality or unless you don't leave your town, you know what I mean? Who doesn't go on a trip and there's just not enough infrastructure. I saw a thing the other day in uh, like Fairfield, California, somewhere they have a lot of Teslas. There was a line of Teslas. There must've been 40 Teslas waiting in line to charge. You know, and I if saw that. Yeah, and it's like so. They, there's just no infrastructure, and in it's so it's it's far too early for anybody to get real excited about you know the whole world shifting over to electric vehicles. And still, even even the automakers, I saw somebody, one of our friends that was at an event for electric vehicles, and I I don't even remember which automaker it was, but they had generators there sitting there running <laughs> to be able to charge these electric cars on the ride and drive program, but. Anyway, whatever it is. Gotta love it. We're just a little early on that. BJ, thank you. Thanks, Alan. You're the best. Have a great weekend and the rest of your uh, life. Yes. Have a great life. See you later, BJ. (laughs) We'll be right back. George Kennedy coming up next. Stay with us.
0: Don't come down here no more.
2: Getting a new ride is fun. Shopping online for a new car, not so much. Stop doing the same car search over and over again on multiple sites and try Autotempest.com. See all the cars with one easy search. Our powerful search engine scours all the top car shopping sites, giving you instant results so you can easily browse all the listings with one search. Whether a dream ride, a family hauler, or a work truck, let us help you find your next ride. Autotempest.com, all the cars, one search.
0: Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor.
2: Our show brought to you in part by Dodge Domestic, not domesticated. And uh, we were talking a little bit about Barrett Jackson with BJ just a little bit ago, BJ Colleen joining us now is uh, George Kennedy the third and uh, George works with uh, car gurus Boston Globe US News Re- and World Report and the drive here he's also co-founder of uh, Cartender uh, he's in the know uh, George so my son calls me and he says dad I think we're gonna buy one of those Dodge Ram TRX trucks and I'm like <laughs> come on. He's not, no, seriously. He goes, I'm going to trade my Toyota TRD, you know, whatever it is, 2019, and I've got my ski boat, and I and I and I've got my Dodge Diesel. And I'm like, oh my God, he's going to trade three things that he's spent his lifetime getting these, acquiring these things. He's going to trade them for one truck. I said, don't do it. And he's well, like,
7: you kind of have to trade the boat when you do that because for the all the off road ability of the Ram TRX, you end up losing some towing capability in order to get a truck that can, you know, go through dried out riverbeds at what, like 80 miles an hour? And yeah, 30, but who 60, does that? Four and a half seconds.
2: And you know what? If you're going to do that, do it with a boat on the back. It would even be more fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, right? Yeah, for a small
7: boat. Dried out river yeah, boat. Small
2: no, but he's got a really nice boat, and he's got a, a Dodge. He's got like a 2003 Dodge with a Cummins in it and three-quarter ton, four-wheel drive. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know what happens is people fall in love with things. They literally they lose all sense. They fall in love with, with machines, and they're willing to give a, a, you know a body part, an organ, to get these. <laughs> and I was that way. I was that way. I actually... I actually at one point considered selling a kidney or a liver or whatever you can sell one of. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but you know I what i mean. I'm
7: I would say I feel <laughs> that way about the uh, the Wrangler 392 that I drove earlier this year. <laughs>
2: Did, so I was going to say, we were just talking about the 392, one sold at Barrett-Jackson for charity, only brought 125. I thought, that's not even that bad of a deal for that thing.
7: They're hard to get. No, it's not. And maybe it's just, you know, sign of the times.
2: Right. right well, there you go. Because, I mean, things are a little weird out there anyway, but... Back to this TRX. The TRX by the way is the it's like the Hellcat powered truck from Ram, Dodge Ram, right? right? right. And it's it's an right. animal, it's a beast. It costs 100 grand, 90 90,000 to 95,000 and then people are paying $125,000 for them.
7: But I mean it, it- it, it makes sense it's the most of everything it's got a crazy suspension it's right. got you know uh, you know all the differentials all the off road gear you need to pretty much go anywhere
2: yes it does it also is a gas hog like all these big engine things and and oh,
7: pe- sure. people right now are going right now. yeah
2: well let's see maybe i'll wait on that with 7 buck a gallon gas uh lauren fix who's on the show from every now and then she's basically saying we may see 10 bucks a gallon so who knows right but anyway you today are driving the new F-150 Raptor. What I want you to do is I want to play this for him because I believe that the Ford Raptor, and are you driving the Raptor R with a V8 or are you doing it with a V6 with a twin turbo?
7: No, just just the V6, which honestly is more than enough. See? 450 horsepower and a truck this size is great. And I think one of the, the biggest takeaways with, with this tr- truck is somebody finally found a way to make a V6 engine sound good.
2: Oh, did they? All
7: right. <laughs> yeah, I look, I, you know, you get a, a little, you know, V8s obviously sound great. Right. You know, I'm an F1 guy, so V10s and V12s sound amazing. But even, you know, a proper turbo four-cylinder or six-cylinder in race spec can sound really good and throaty. But V6s have always kind of fallen behind. I mean, yeah. you look at the modern f one era of twin turbo hybrid v6s they don't sound that great right and this this engine and the ford gt and the ford raptor obviously different but they're both using the twin turbo v6 wasn't sounding amazing carl brower one of our friends might disagree but they managed in the f-150 raptor to make this v6 sound terrific
2: you know what i'm glad to hear that and and i tell you who is probably also glad to hear that is our friend uh, David Borla from Borla Exhaust, because they literally look at the sound of the exhaust like it's music, and they tune it like it's music. And my last Jeep Gladiator, because I I happen to be a Jeep Gladiator fan. I think they're just the right size for everything I want to do. So I put a Borla exhaust on it, and before it sounded puny. And then when I put the Borla exhaust on it with the V6... It really changed everything, so I'm glad Ford has tuned their exhaust in that Ford Raptor F-150 to sound good. I can't wait to hear it because you know me; I'm, I'm like you. I, I like the sound of the engine. It's important,
7: but yeah, here's sound of my own voice, sound of the engine. That, yeah, it's my favorite
2: thing. Oh, geez, and you and a, a mirror. You you love mirrors, but <laughs>
7: anyway, <laughs>
2: anyway yeah, can't can't pass a mirror without looking at right it. Here, over here. But the question is. How much money is the Raptor that you're driving? Were you able to get the price?
7: Yeah, so it starts at right around seventy grand.
2: Gosh, so they've gone up even then.
7: Well, everything has. Right, but I mean, there are a number of option packages you would get on this too. You know, there are the 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 B and O sound system adds to that. Right, convenience package. There are a lot of little things. You know, with like the heated and cooled seats. Right, these are all little things. But if you want a extremely capable truck with great technology too. You know, this is a really well-rounded, just, you know, ass-kicker of a truck. Yeah. And I think,
2: though, if a guy's going to go out and spend hundred grand on a TRX and get, you know, 8, 9, 10, 12 miles to the gallon, I don't know what they get. But what is the fuel economy of this V6 if you drive it like a gentleman?
7: I mean, I wasn't driving like a gentleman, and I was <laughs> averaging like 14.5 miles per gallon. I think the posted fuel economy is, is a little bit better. Yeah, that.
2: yeah. Well, you know, and that's that's respectable because my Jeep Gladiator was only getting, you know, 13, 14, 15 if I drove it like a gentleman, which neither one of us are. I might have gotten you know 17, 18 if I was real lucky on the highway with the cruise control at, at the speed limit. But this this new the diesel that I got is twenty nine. I keep bragging about that, and they're talking about discontinuing that, which really irritates me. I wish they but, would do more diesel. But then they're
7: also talking about bringing in the plug-in hybrid powertrain now. Well, of the, uh, the Wrangler. See, the I would
2: that I would if they would make a plug-in hybrid with that eco diesel. Oh my gosh.
7: That would be like the but, best know, it's of all funny things. you say that, though. It's funny you say that. I've said that, too. There's got to be a reason why that doesn't work, because we haven't seen a plug-in hybrid diesel. diesel. I know. Right? No. The reason why it doesn't work, it's too efficient. And it would well, it, it would no, kick it would kick these electric cars. The plug-in hybrid powertrain costs a lot of money, right, because you're adding to the existing powertrain. And the diesel powertrain, as you know, is usually... A premium option on these vehicles yes
2: it is all right hold tight I'm gonna play the right song because (laughs) what I say is give it to me baby because I want a diesel plug-in hybrid diesel plug-in hybrid give it to me baby seriously why not everybody why not Then you could have towing capability. You have zero range anxiety. You can drive around town quietly and efficiently if you only need that 20 miles or so. What is going on with the automakers that they won't do it? Please, somebody call and tell me why. There's no good reason. That's why. I'm waiting for him to say, give it to me, baby. But I'm not going to get there. I can tell you right now. All right. We'll take a break. George Kennedy joining us. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit bybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. Well, you're listening to The Drive all across America and around the world because of the internet, and we appreciate you internet listeners and all of our radio stations that carry our show. Thank you, guys and gals. We just talk about cars like we know what we're doing. We used to... Until COVID hit. Then we all lost our brains. We lost our marbles. I'm still looking for my marbles. Are you looking for your marbles, George? George Kennedy.
7: (laughs) No no comment. (laughs) I'm
2: telling you what. I lost my marbles. Now I'm, I'm doing everything I used to do. I'm going back to my origin, which is buying all kinds of weird things. Even tractors and old Chevy pickups and... Changing out engines, you know.
7: If that's your baseline, it's hard to tell if you've lost your marbles or not.
2: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) no, I've lost my wife. My wife tells me every day you've lost your marbles. Okay, so you're driving the newest version of the Ford F-150 Raptor, which I have owned a number of, and I love them. And I loved them until they built the TRX, which had that big, badass V8 engine in it. But now Ford is going to be doing that. Do you know anything about that?
7: With regards to the Raptor r yeah, I know the biggest news has been the the Raptor Bronco, which they just did a first drive of in you know right. a few weeks ago right but i I don't know i mean they, they might be selling who who's to say what percentage of those they sell I mean, I bet you the the twin turbo v six ends up being the bulk of their sales. oh of course. On it, course. it's frankly more than capable. Well,
2: right? I, yeah, no question. And I've heard that those things are going to be, you know, like even more than a TRX. They're going to be 125 well, it, or so, it's, you know.
7: And I, I think, you know, we've talked about this when, when it comes to, like, the Hellcat anything, and that is we're, we're kind of near the beginning of the beginning of the end for the internal combustion engine. It's, it's a ways off, but they're starting to downsize more and more where supercharged V8s are becoming a, you know, endangered species. Yeah. Or, you know, look, we've got two trucks here named after uh, dinosaurs, right? (laughs) There's got to be some irony in that, right? Yeah, right.
2: (laughs) That's true. But I got to tell you, you're a young guy. You're in your 30s. I could be your dad, which is hilarious. I'll just stop right there. But the point is that you guys, you young folks, are brainwashed if you think that they're going to, you know, like you said, the beginning of the end for the internal combustion engine, I just don't think so. I think not. I think they're trying well, to shove please, the idea down our throat, but that. no.
7: say that they're going to be continuing to downsize. I think this is the beginning of the end for like the big, giant, heavy displacement, supercharged, nine hundred horsepower B 8 so I think you're going to start seeing, like we were talking about in the last segment, more plug-in hybrids, right? Yeah. More for- force induction. And look, okay, the All perfect right. example. When the Raptor first came out, it was that 5.4-liter V8, yeah. and they went over to the twin-turbo V6 for a reason, of right? Of course,
2: yeah, fuel economy and a million other reasons.
7: Well, also, too, when you're flying along a dried-out riverbed at 70 miles an hour, you prefer your nose not to die when you right. come off that jump, right? Right,
2: right, right. true, ha- weight, absolutely. Yeah, there's, yeah. Like, like I said, there's there's a lot of reasons why it makes beautiful sense, and they happen to have built a fantastic engine, that gets the job done and could do more and does do more by proof in the Ford GT sports car. It does a whole lot more, you know, right. by the way, Absolutely. by the way, hey, by the cool. way, I want to change subjects for a minute. Cause I went to a place called RPM diesel today, and this is the yeah. hot rod diesel guy in my town. And I said, Hey, I just got this diesel Jeep gladiator. What can I do? He says, nothing, drive it and enjoy it. He says, if you touch that, they'll tell you, they'll say, come pick your truck up with a, with a you know a, a, a flatbed, literally he says do nothing, just enjoy it, and well, I thought what? what? It'll
7: avoid the warranty. It'll
2: avoid, avoid the, the warranty, warranty, but uh, you know, and it's got a five year, hundred thousand mile warranty, whatever it is. But I thought what? There's nothing. He goes, not even a cold air intake, nothing. And I was like, wow, because well, the warranty is too valuable. Thing.
7: For these diesels, in order for them to to be, you know, energetic enough because I mean, think about the old days of diesels when they were not turbocharged or when they weren't making the output they are now. And like you and I have said, it's incredible to see diesel engines be as lively as gas engines.
2: Right, right.
7: They must have them tuned to a very specific set of tolerances and throwing that off could really, really muck up your day.
2: Yeah, well, that and the warranty. Back to the warranty.
7: When that you're, precious, that sweet, sweet warranty. Yeah. Right? When,
2: when your labor rate in the repair shops is $125 an hour, man, I mean, just looking at the car and getting ready to work on it's an hour. And so now you've spent 125 and all they've done is start to get it into the shop. And then, you know, you get an oil change. And, and the, the first thing out of the gate with the diesels is they're, they're going to tell you the service is far more expensive on a diesel than it is because
7: there a aren't as many diesel techs or, or it's, it's, no, the it's same just more that, like, expensive. It takes, right?
2: yeah, it takes more quarts of oil. It, the the filters are more expensive and it's far more. It's like three times the, the price. The point is you also only do it every 10,000 miles, but there's just, there's all kinds of, you know, interesting things. But like I was saying, when the price of the repair shop is $125 an hour, anywhere near that, I don't even, Listen, I used to be really upset to pay fifty bucks an hour. Now today, <laughs> I'm excited if I can get it for under a hundred. But we'll take a little break. Talk more. George Kennedy's here. We're talking about the Ford Raptor and uh, the newest one, which I, I think is again just a beautiful machine. We'll be right back. It's it's the drive.
0: this is the drive with alan taylor
2: and our show brought to you in part by subaru go where love takes you in a subaru Uh, george kennedy's joining us driving the ford raptor the new ford hot rod four-wheel drive truck um, it's funny because the Lightning used to be the, uh, the hot rod truck, supercharged, usually, usually two wheel drive, but now the Lightning is an electric Ford truck.
7: Yeah. Which, it, you know, so it's I kind mean, of funny. It's, isn't it? it's extremely swift as well because it's got hundred percent torque and zero RPM. So right. that's the Swift on-road truck, if you will, right? You know, just yep. like its predecessor. And this is the Swift off-road truck, right. the Raptor.
2: So what did you love about this new vehicle because you've I'm sure you've driven enough of these things did they just keep yeah, on I mean, refining it is basically what it is
7: Yeah it, and that's the thing is we were talking about the Ram earlier and Ram the Ram 1500 is noted within the full-size truck segment as being one of the more refined and comfortable trucks but the Ford F150 if there's an arms race for horsepower if there's an arms race for towing there's also one for cabin refinement in a full-size truck and Ford and Ram are going at it with each other. And the F-150, this is, you and I both driven previous generations, this is the most comfortable Ford Raptor. Like, driving off-road shouldn't be this comfortable. Yeah. Right? That's good. leather, perforated seats, heated and cooled, heated steering wheel, leather-wrapped steering wheel, all the refinements that go into the rest of the F-150 lineup. And then you have the added benefit of this incredibly... Capable powertrain, capable chassis, and it's wider. That wide track actually helps with its stability, kind of going around corners on an off ramp or an on ramp. Right. And they added things in like the 360-degree camera system, which, frankly, on a truck this wide, this tall, you need it. You need yeah. it. like the camera system right. and the parking system. Right. Right. Yep.
2: Now, listen. I, the problem in this world today with the auto industry is not that. We aren't being offered awesome, awesome machines. It's that we can't get them because they can't build them fast enough. We were talking earlier in the show, the Hummer, Carl Brower, you're talking about him. Carl said that yep. the Hummer in the current, it was Carl or, or maybe it was uh, Brian Moody, but in the current condition of the marketplace because of the the lack of supply chain delivery, right? I mean, the supply chain right. is, is is clogged up. That all the hand raisers that have said, I want a new Hummer, it would take 17 years to be able to deliver at the speed they're building them today. 17 right. years.
7: And, and they're, by oh, the way, yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. alone either. In I know. Being boss, yeah? No, I know. So they're,
2: it's, it's They'll fix all it. Over. They'll fix it. But it's just where we are currently is a sucky place. I mean, it's we're watching it on the news. More stuff on the news about cars and fuel economy and the price of gas than I've seen in the last 20 years combined in the last year of my life. You know, because there's so many many problems. People are paying
7: attention, right?
2: Yeah, true story. But what's interesting is what BJ said before you how the Dodge Demons, at least at Barrett Jackson, a couple of them sold pretty cheap. Dude, I am in the market. If I could buy Uh, one of those for 60 or 70 grand, like you, what a deal. What a deal. You couldn't replace it in a million years for that kind of money if you tried to build it yourself. You started with a nice Hellcat, and you tried to do what, what Dodge did with the Demon. Probably one of the most seriously bodacious machines I've ever driven of any well, kind. Well,
7: and that's got the wide body, too. So that's another car that jumps in its you know relevance and its capability by, by widening the chassis out a little bit.
2: Yeah. No, I'm glad to, to hear about the Ford F-150. Is is are they going to be available? Are we going to be able to get one if we wanted one? Have you talked to anybody about availability for these?
7: Raptor? Not really. I mean, I, it's it, it comes down to you know what they say now could be different you know six months from now, but I think you know they should be around and there's a lot of good features not just in the Raptor but the broader F-150 lineup, including that yeah. Sync 4 infotainment system with wireless apple car play which i they've just knocked it out of the park in that regard
2: no it's it's listen they've made our lives so convenient in these cars and so safe and burning so clean you know the fuels and they talk about uh you know all the the smog alerts we, again we were talking in the first hour they used to have smog alerts remember that smog alerts they don't have that was you, before my time sir yeah they don't have those anymore you know why <laughs> and, and and to their point that we were talking about this it's not because of electric People cars. Do the right thing. It's no. Yeah. It's because the cars' emission systems are doing their jobs, and they're doing a really good job. And I think so, anyway, sometimes
7: regulations a good thing, right?
2: Well, in this case, it has been obviously.
7: In this
2: case, <laughs> George Kennedy, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Have fun okay. in that uh, Ford F one fifty Raptor. I'm jealous. Ford, All right. As yep. I'm going to go pull a four fifty four engine out of a seventy nine Chevy pickup now. Have a great weekend, everybody. What's that, George? Jealous. Jealous, exactly. See? See you next week. Discover the
1: 2022
2: Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability, plus a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of
1: adventure. Discover more at subaru.com/wilderness.